Amen. Now that reminds me of when I was a kid. My, uh, my family, my grandparents used to sit around and sing. They'd sing all the way through that, that hymn book, a Heavenly Highway Hymns. And uh, they would sing all the way through that. And what a, what a joy it was. I remember falling asleep on their floor, uh, listening to my aunts and uncles and grandparents singing uh, hymns. And uh, what a great heritage. And I'm thankful for it. You know, tomorrow is Memorial Day. And uh, this weekend in the United States, we honor the men and women um, who have died in the service of our country. And, uh, you know, their sense of patriotism, it it compelled them uh, to put their lives on the line. And whether they volunteered or were drafted, they joined in the defense of our great land. You know, and many, many times they travel to faraway places um, to support other countries in a fight for their freedom. They risk their, their lives, they risk their all, and they died. You know, in a survey taken a few years back, only 28% of Americans understood the true meaning of Memorial Day. 28%. See, the day, unfortunately, has become more about retail, you know, selling things, and it's become more about the celebration of the beginning of the summer season. It's become more about picnics than understanding the importance and remembering the solemn celebration it should be in our lives for the freedoms that we enjoy. Freedoms to come and sit and worship the Lord as we see fit. See, freedom never comes easy, nor is it free. We need to remember those who deeply paid for our freedom, the freedoms that we enjoy today. We need to remember those that paid deeply for our liberty. And I remind you also today that just as we are indebted to those who gave their lives for our freedom and to make it possible... We also ought to thank God for His Son, Jesus, who died to set us free from the bondage of our sin. See, on this day, we have much to be thankful for. Would you pray with me? Loving Father, I thank you for the opportunity that you give us to be together today. I thank you for the opportunity to say thank you to you for your son Jesus Christ and the the difference that he makes in each one of our lives. An opportunity to say thank you, Father, for those men and women who have given their lives so that we could have the freedoms that we enjoy today. Father, thank you for providing these things for us. Thank you for allowing us to walk in this freedom. That, Father, we can go where we want to go. We can do the things that we want to do. Father, we can live the way we choose to live because of the freedom that others have afforded us. It's not something we did on our own. But, Father, it is a gift from you, paid for by others, that we enjoy. 
truly a matter of your grace to us. Father, I thank you for that. I pray that your Holy Spirit would blanket this place. Father, that you would open our hearts and minds to see you clearly through your word. And God, I ask that you would use this time in each of our lives, that as we acknowledge your presence with us, that your Holy Spirit would draw to the light those things that you are calling and convicting us of. And Father, that we would be forever changed because of our time together this morning. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And Lord, truly, you and you alone are worthy of our praise. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You know, every, every Christian who is faithful to read and study the Bible can testify to the fact that God always speaks to the heart. As you read and as you study God's word, he speaks to our heart. And the, the words of, of, of the Bible, of, of God's word, they come, it comes off the page and it speaks to us. And I had a lady uh, several years ago, she said, well, how do you know that the Bible is true? And this is what I told her. I said, you know what? I have a lot of books in my library. But none of them keep on speaking to me the way this book speaks to me. There is something special about the Word of God that is able to transform our lives. It helps us as we walk. There's so much wisdom in this book. And I recognize that God always has something to say to those who will take the time to read His Word, to those who will take the time to listen to what it says, to what He has to say. You know, there are times that God speaks to my heart in a delayed manner. And what I mean by that is sometimes I read God's Word and I'll be praying and, and I'll, I'll, I'll go on about my day. And, and later on, maybe that day, maybe uh, several days later, it kind of hits me. It kind of like, oh, that's what that was talking about. Maybe I'm not real bright. I don't know. But the idea is, is it's a delayed manner in which his word speaks to me. And there are other times when it's a more direct manner. When as I'm reading God's word, it's almost as if he takes a two by four and just bam, hits me upside the head. And I say, okay, Lord, I get it. And what I, what I want to share with you today is, is the verse that I have for you is one of those verses that, that speaks directly and divinely to my heart. My prayer is that it speaks to your heart as well. See, this verse challenges me. If this verse doesn't challenge you today in some way, then there's a problem that you need to address beyond this verse. Something in here. Let's read in Ezekiel chapter 22. And I just want to read one verse here. I've read the chapter and I'll kind of clue you in on some of that. I'm not trying to take something out of context here. But I want to read this verse, verse 30 of chapter 22. God's word says this. I searched for a man among them. 
who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I will, would not destroy it. But I found no one. Notice the words, I searched for a man. You know, I love challenges. I love taking on challenges. I love things, trying to figure out things that, that, that I, I can't, that are hard to figure out. And, you know, there are goals that I, that I set in my life. And, and I, I do my best to achieve those goals. And, and I never want to be that person that is just satisfied, if you will, with life. You know, that everything's bumping along and I'm just going to get content and I'm not, I'm not going to worry about trying to, to better myself or, or do more or, or try to be ambitious in any way. You know, whether it deals with, with my family, whether it, it deals with, with ministry, whether it deals with the future, I always want to be moving forward and trying uh, to, th- those challenges and trying to, to face the future with hope and, 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 and really pressing on. Not just sitting back and saying, well, what happens, happens. I have no control over it. I can't do anything about it. I recognize that God is the one in control. But I also recognize that I have a part in that. That I have to do my part. And I have to, have to continue to press in. And, and, and I always want to be learning something. I want to, always want to be doing something uh, to better myself. And, you know, probably the, the thing that keeps me m- most from that is having too many things going. I try not to dabble in ten things all at once. But sometimes that's kind of how it ends up, it seems. But hopefully we can limit that. But, you know, I love... I absolutely love working for the Lord. I love serving my Lord. I enjoy that. I enjoy being a part of God's work and His ministry. And there's a drive in my heart to do that. It's my passion. My passion is to see God's work accomplished on this earth. Wherever he's at work, I, I, I want to embrace that. I want to I be a part of that. And it, the drive in my heart is for God's work and for his word. To be able to see God's word manifested in his people and to see his work being done in the world around us. I pray that drive, that passion, never goes away. I don't ever want to be content and just say, you know what? I think it's accomplished. It's done. What more could I do? Folks, God gives us these desires. And this verse sets before me a very great and godly challenge. To be something. And to do something for the Lord. And this verse seems to be saying to me, be as good a Christian as you can be. Be as good a Christian as you can possibly be. But you know, being good for God can actually be a bad thing when it keeps you from being your best. 
See, mediocre, mediocre is the enemy of best. I don't want to be average for the Lord. I want to excel and be zealous for the Lord. You see, this verse puts a conviction within me. And notice carefully the last part of the verse. It says, but I found no one. I searched for a man, but I found no one. I mean, I have to admit, the reality is, is that not everyone is interested in working for the Lord or serving the Lord. And there have been many times that I have not done exactly what the Lord wanted me to do. There have been times where I shied away from it or I've been slack in my service to the Lord. There have been times that God had something for me to do and I didn't want to do it. If I'm being totally honest, I recognize that, that I fall short of the glory of God. That when he puts it on my heart and I don't do it, then to me it is sin. So the Lord had to search somewhere else for someone else to do the job that he wanted me to do. Because the task had to be accomplished. So he gave it to someone else. See, we should be challenged and convicted by this first, and it should be of concern to us. I mean, the background to this verse finds a nation that is spiritually depleted. A nation that is spiritually depleted, a nation that is spiritually defeated. And a nation that is spiritually declining. The temperature, the spiritual temperature of the nation is going down. It's not rising. Does that sound like anything you see? A a, a nation that is spiritually depleted. Defeated. And declining. See, God declared that he, in the first few verses of this chapter, he declared that he knew their sins. And then he goes on to to identify and declare what their sins are. But then comes the rub. In the the, the second, or the the last half of the the passage, he begins and he, he, he talks about identifying The judgment. He promises judgment for their sins. And then in verse 22, he continues, and what he says is he identifies the guilty parties. And folks, I got to tell you, it was the leadership that he was after, it was the princes and the priests. It was those who were in charge, it was the, the, the government officials, but it was also the false prophets. Who were saying, I have a word from the Lord. And they didn't have a word from the Lord. See, God began to search for a man. 
to stand in the gap. The walls of the city were breaking down. He needed somebody to build the wall for protection to stand in the gap between the Lord's judgment and the people. Somebody to stand and proclaim the truth of their sin. Somebody to say, it's not right. We've got to build this up. We've got to make something happen where there is nothing happening. We've got to defend the people against the enemy. And I searched. And I found no one to do that job. See, God was looking for just one person. Do you remember what would have spared Sodom? Abraham said, Lord, if, you would, if we can find ten righteous people in that city, will it spare? He said, if you can find ten, I will spare the city. And they didn't find ten. Here he's looking for one. Who will stand in the gap? Who will build the wall? And listen, the search for one person still goes on. The search for one person is still happening right now. I want to say in this worship service. The search for one person who is willing to build the wall and to stand in the gap. See, this verse is a verse of of importance. I mean, it's going on right now. He's looking. He's searching. But it's also a verse of involvement. The Lord is not saying this because he has found what he needs. He's saying this because he wants to find that person. See, God still wants us to be available So he can use us. God still has work to do. And he's looking for some people to do it. I mean think about something. If God cannot find one person, one man or one woman. Then the cause of Christ will be neglected. Somebody has to stand up for Christ. Somebody has to do something. And if we don't do that, if one man or one woman or one person does not stand up and be counted for Christ, then the cause of Christ will be neglected. I mean, how do you feel about the cause of Christ? I mean, are you involved in his work? Are you doing him a favor by by, by coming and and attending worship? Well, I got to go to church on Sunday. Are you serving him 24-7? I'm not saying you have to be in full-time ministry. But it matters how you live your life. It matters how you, what you do in your home. It matters how you treat other people at work. He's looking for somebody to, to build the wall. He's looking for somebody to stand in the gap. See, God is looking for someone to take his work seriously... And to keep his work sacred. And there's a lot of things that we profane. 
Oh, folks, in this country, almost anything goes. We've profaned the Sabbath day. And we've not kept it holy. We've gotten so far away from that, it's just like another day of the week. And it's supposed to be a day that is set apart. A day that is different from the other six days of the week. And we've profaned it. We've taken his Sabbath day and we've made it something that we can do whatever we want on. And it's a day that literally belongs to him. Even as our tithe, our giving belongs to him. A portion. We've profaned all of this. You know, if God cannot find a man or a woman, a person, then the family formed by Christ will be ignored. Did you know that one of the greatest needs, one of the greatest needs today is for someone in the home to care about Christ in the home? Someone lifting up the banner of Christ in our homes. Someone caring enough to have family altar in the home. Someone being the spiritual leader in the home. Someone in the home who cares about the work and the word of God. See, the home is to be a picture a portrait of holiness, of purity, of harmony. See, God is looking for some parents to be spiritual leaders in the home. I mean, setting an example of what it means to live a godly and holy life, to live faithful and to be true to the Lord. God is looking for some godly husbands to lead their homes, to be the man. To stand in the gap between your family and the Lord. See, is there someone today? Is there someone in this service listening to the Lord as he speaks to us that would respond by saying, Stop the search, Lord. Stop the search. I hear what you're saying. Look no further. I'm your guy. I'm your woman. I'm your person to build the wall and to stand in the gap. I'm here for you, Lord. You can depend on me to do your will, to do the job. See, all it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. I mean, I think about this, and as I'm convicted about this, I'm praying through this. I'm thinking to myself, how cool is it that God would use people? He doesn't need us. He could do whatever he wants. But he chooses to use people, and, and God still amazes me in what he does. He still amazes me in how he does it. The things that he does... And I, I know in my heart that nothing is impossible with God. I believe that. I've seen that. But God still amazes me in the way that he works. But what's even more amazing to me is the fact 
that he would use me. Oh, I'm amazed that he uses you too. Yeah. And I know you got to be amazed that he uses me. But you know, it's, it's something there that God uses us. I mean, it, it amazes me that he would even fool with me. That he would take the time to train me. That he would take the time to mold and shape me and to teach me and, and, and to care about me and to, 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 to guide, to knock off the, 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 the sharp edges and to continue to use and mold and make me for a vessel that he could use. See, I'm amazed at the call of God. The fact that he calls us. You know, the call of salvation. The call to salvation. Do you remember when the Lord saved you? When he called you out of that darkness and into the light? I mean, we, we, are, we are just flabbergasted by that because we don't understand how he could take a sinner and take him out of the darkness and into that light. You may not res- remember the exact day. You may not res- remember what was going on all around you when that happened. But you remember what happened in you. On that day, your life was transformed and something different took place. See, I'll never forget the day that the Lord saved me. It was on May 3rd, 1971. He made a change in my life. He confirmed in my heart that I didn't have to have doubts. He took my feet out of the the, the pit the horrible pit, and he put him on the solid rock. And he has guided my steps ever since. I remember the day that that change took place in my heart. See, maybe this morning, maybe you've drifted away. Maybe you had that life change experience, but you're, you're not where you should be. And, and so you're miserable because you have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. And you're miserable trying to, to negotiate both over the fence. And it just makes you miserable. But then you remember that there was a day when your life was changed by the grace and the mercy Of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That call to salvation. He also amazes me his call to service. I remember when the Lord called me to preach. To preach the gospel. And I didn't want to preach. That was the last thing I wanted to do. I don't like being in front of people. I was the guy who would take a zero in speech class. Because I didn't want to get up in front of anybody. I was the little boy who hid behind his mother's dress. Who was called bashful when I was little. So shy. Didn't want to be in front of anybody. And the things that you see in me are because of God's grace. Not because of anything that I chose or wanted. But recognize God has done a great work in my life. And now I have a burning desire... To preach the gospel. To tell others about that change that has taken place in my life. What about the call to surrender? 
I mean, I remember saying yes to the Lord. And I knew that I couldn't be completely satisfied till I had fully given everything over to Him. Till I surrendered to Him all of the things in my life. And here's what amazes me about these, those things. <laughs> the Lord, He knew that I would fail. He called me, He chose me, even though He knew I could fail. He knew that there would be times when I would rebel against Him. He knew that there would be times that, 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 that I would always have an opinion about what he wanted me to do. Well, Lord, why do you want me to do that? Why do I have to do that? Well, Lord, what are you asking me to do? We always have an opinion about it. And he knew that I wouldn't always make good decisions. And the Lord knew exactly what he was getting when he called me. He knew all of these things about me, and he called me anyway. That, to me, is amazing. Because I probably wouldn't call me. But the Lord called me. He called. He's given me that call. He's given me a purpose. He's placed it in my heart. And I don't want any of that to be taken away. You know, D.L. Moody, he said it this way. He said, I am only one, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. And that which I can do, by the grace of God, I will do. So you don't have to be a superhero to be used by God. But you do have to be available. You have to be available in order to be used. Because God can use anyone... Anytime, anywhere. And if you know the Lord, then that's all you need to know. He can take it from there. See, I'm amazed at the care of God as well. I mean, God has truly watched over me and my family through the years. He's seen to it that all of our needs have been supplied. Maybe not all of our wants, but all of our needs over time and through His provision have been supplied. I mean, what a marvelous thing that is. And I'm grateful for that. You know, some of you probably are amazed with where you are right now. From what God has brought you from to where you are today. You know, if we were all honest with ourselves, we would all have to be amazed at everything that God has done in our lives. Because we didn't get here on our own. He supplied every need that we have. See, we should all be amazed that God chose each one of us. I mean, it's alarming that God would have to look for a person. I mean, when you think about that. I mean, I, I carefully look at the words, I searched for a man... And this, this verse is not only amazing, but it's alarming. Because when he says, I searched for a man, God searched for a person. And folks, this is an important search. I mean, he's looking for something. And, and God needed one man to stand in the gap. One person. 
And there's a job that needed to be done and the Lord needed that person. And it, it was an important search. But it was an also an intense search. Because that word, I searched, really, really has to do with the idea of diligently going from place to place. Moving things around to find something. We've all been there. We needed something really badly. And we were looking intensely for it. Turning the house upside down, so to speak. Looking for that item, for whatever it was. And that's what this word means, I searched. And you would think that after all that God has done for his people, that we would be lined up, jumping in line and wanting to be used by God. (coughs) That we would be there ready to go. Saying, Lord, pick me, choose me, I'm your man, let's, let's get after it. Everything that you've done for me, I just want to give you glory and praise, and I want to live my life for you. But the reality is, we know it's not that way. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm crazy. But I believe that it should be that way every week in church. As we come to worship the Lord. That we put our all on the altar. And that we say here am I Lord. Send me. Use me however you choose. Put it on my heart. Make me the vessel you want me to be. Instead of holding back and say well somebody else will do that. Somebody else will go ahead and take that role. Somebody else will take that class. Somebody else will work in the nursery. Someone else will volunteer for that. Folks, there ought to be a line waiting to serve the Lord because of all of the goodness that he has done for us. There should not be a need in any area among God's people. But the reason there is is because we're not taking his word seriously. We're not serving. We're not thankful. For what he's done for us. Stuart Briscoe. He once said the average Christian is like an old iron bed. Firm on both ends. But sagging in the middle. I think that probably aptly describes. You know I'm overwhelmed that God would save us and want to use us. And we as Christians have become apathetic. We don't really care. We're doing God a favor by showing up on a Memorial Day weekend when we could be out at the lake or we could be somewhere else. But man, we're, we're, we're on his team. We're doing good. Maybe our memory has blown a fuse and it doesn't work anymore. Something in our mind, something in our heart has gone out. Look at what God's done for us. Over in Psalm 68, 19. I'm almost done. Verse 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burden. The God who is our salvation. (laughs) Daily bears our burdens. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that the psalmist didn't say that God has blessed us weekly. He didn't say that God only came through us for us when we were in a bind. He said that he daily bears our burdens. 
That's a good thing. God's been good to us every single day. And there's not one person in this place that can say God hasn't blessed you. He has blessed you beyond measure. God has given us more than we could ever deserve. And most of the time, we're more in love with the gifts than we are the giver. See, we need to evaluate that in our own hearts. God's been good to us all the time. And all the time, God is good. But look at the promises that he's given to us as well. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For as many as are the promises of God, in him they are yes. Therefore also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. You see, God has given us promise after promise. And God has made provision for us. And God has never failed to keep one of his promises. See, we should be lining up. We should be wanting to do something for God. We should be waiting in line to serve so that he doesn't have to search for us, but that we are ready and willing and available to do his work now. Get over yourself. Die to self so that you can serve the Lord fully. I mean, that's really what we need. And I want to listen... I want you to listen to this very carefully. The wall is broken. The gap is widening. And the enemy is attacking. You need to understand something. God didn't send me here to jump on you. God didn't send me here to make you feel guilty. God has sent me here to tell you that he's still looking for some people to do his work. And God wants me to let you know that he still wants his work to go on. And my assignment today is to tell you, to inform you, that the wall is broken down. You know, I'm concerned about our homes. They're battlegrounds. There is no peace. And a Christian home is more than just coming to church together. That doesn't cut it. You can't just come to church together and say, we have a Christian home. See, a Christian home is more than just doing that. It's allowing God's principles to be held in high esteem and applying them in your daily life. Being the person God has called you to be in your home. Standing in the gap. Rebuilding the wall. Not allowing the enemy to come in in any way, form, or fashion that he chooses. Standing firm on the word of God. Literally, it's putting God first in everything we do. I mean, will you be that person? Who will say... Somebody needs to do something. I'm somebody. I will do something. 
See, when you recognize the gap in your life, in your home, what will it cause you to do? My prayer is that God would show each of us the gap in our home so that we would be the people that could stand in the gap for our loved ones, for the family, for the cause of Christ. Would you pray with me?